Happy Wednesday, drum roll. I'm so excited, you guys. We are on Ready, Set, Real Estate with yours truly, Lisa Puerto, Super Agent. It is Wednesday, September 20th, 11 Pacific time. You guys, I am so stoked about our guest today, Amir Mohammed. I have shared a video that actually has been going viral with you guys, and I'm so excited to have him on today's show. <laughs> like, we're going to just make sure we're going to do some logistics, Amir, and make sure that it's streaming live on your page, on my page. I've got a couple other pages. I want to make sure it gets uh, tuned in there, and we'll give people a little, you know, a few minutes to settle in and get hip to what we're about to do say, share, and build. <laughs> so I am so, so thrilled. So boom, we're going to send it to that page. And I've got great networks happening on the West Coast and the East Coast, which is pretty cool. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so, you know, we're just a little national. I do have an international following. Shout out to those who are connected with me in Canada. I do have some Nigerian brothers and sisters out there that love to chime in and say, hi, hello, how you doing? Uh, we've got a lot of people who are in tune with what we're doing with Ready, Set, Real Estate. And you guys, let me introduce you to Brother Amir. I am so excited that he is a documentary filmmaker and entrepreneur. And he is what I like to, I love this, a focused visionary filmmaker. And for those of you who know me, you know how important it is in terms of vision, the art of the images, because there's a quote out there that says, he who controls the image controls the history. So very, very important that we are presenting the images in which we want to see. Right, Amir? Yes. yes, definitely. <laughs> so let me just share with let me just share with them real quick just kind of some of the work that you've done. So you've graduated from Georgia State University in film school and um, you you produced your first featured film called Is it Habana? Am I saying that right? It's pronounced Ivana. Ivana, Ivana, thank you. And he says it's been screened and nominated for Best Feature Documentary in film festivals around the world. And you know, I love to hear around the world because, you know, Super Agents International. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's, on, he's gone on to produce several other features uh, and short documentaries focused on subjects across various di disciplines, you guys, which include Turkish politics and Syrian refugee crises, cancer care in third world countries, the rising number of stroke cases in young African-Americans, just all very important, relevant and needed that we've got someone spotlighting what's happening. So we thank you, Amir, for the work that you're doing. And of course, he does an environmental film on street dogs that live off the off the uh, was a trash that's discarded in the Dominican Republic. And he mentioned that you live both in the DR and here. Tell us a little bit about that. And I, I read that bio, but I like to say no one can tell your story better than you. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I have a family down there. I mean, a wife and kids in Dominican Republic. So I travel back and forth um, as well. Um, that's, that's just, you know, it's home. Um, it's a, it's a different uh, type of pace than, you know, what's here in America. 
I love America, but um, you get a lot of, you can slow everything down and have a certain level of peace um, being in other countries. And so I do international films every year. So I really enjoy leaving out and getting another perspective and seeing how others are living um, and then coming back and, and, you know, using where I can, uh, the things that I've learned um, where I came here. That's so, uh, that's awesome. And that's so commendable. And I thank you for, for doing that. And that's a great segue in terms of you saying learning and bringing back, because uh, most folks know in terms of the work that I like to share, empower and motivate and inspire us to do is we start home. We start home. We start with family. We can then spill over into our communities and that spills over into having an empowered and building a nation or rebuilding a nation. So as you talk about bringing it back home, tell us about just this. I think it's a, it's a progressive and a wild idea, but we know other cultures have been doing it forever. Tell me about what led you to saying, I'm going to purchase a property, not just for me. Most people think self, but you've taken it one step further. And you said for my, for my daughter, in this case, your oldest, right? Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. When, um, uh, early, early in my twenties, um, I segued out of education, uh, and went into project managing in Atlanta, Georgia, um, project managing, uh, renovating and doing new construction to residential homes. And as I was learning all of the trades uh, while managing, I, I, I said, you know, this, you start to really understand what home ownership does, mm. uh, especially if you can own them outright instead of, you know, a 30 year loan. You do that, but when you actually can buy and build, it puts you in a, in another kind of space. And I saw things throughout that time period where, right. You see a person like Mike Tyson go bankrupt or Jermaine Dupri go bankrupt, mm. but their bankruptcy, their fall is not like the average person's fall. They're not wiped out. It's like almost like bankruptcy is a joke. It, it, it basically clears their debt, but they still have million dollar homes all around the world. And so mm. I said to myself, you know, back then, this is something that I want for my kids. Um, and I didn't know how to do it. But I knew that I wanted to do that. And so African-Americans typically, especially males, are pushed towards sports. And a lot of us as a whole are pushed towards music. Those are the two options that everybody wants to either be an artist or uh, sports, basketball, football, baseball player. And, you know, we know that that's not sustainable. We learn that even throughout school that it's, it's I mean, it's a very narrow window, but everybody always is pushed towards that way in the African-American community. So I said to myself, even back then, that I was a sports player coming out of high school, but I also had was top of the line in, in books as well and academics. And so I said that, you know, we go every week taking our kids and taking them to practice and then they practice. And we spend so much time in that for something that only a few of us will actually be able to benefit financially off of. Wow. If if we put that towards other aspects of life, something like real estate, which is way more sustainable, um, then we get and especially in the African-American community specifically, 
And if you go to most of the major cities, there's always a corner of that city, if not half the city or surrounding areas that's predominantly African-American. So we actually have real estate in prime time areas, but we never push our own people to be moguls in that, to especially at an early age. So they used to recruit players right out of high school and then they changed the rules. But what if we could do that in, in real estate for, for kids? So once I had built the confidence that I could hit, you know, go through the ups and downs financially um, of changing occupations, going back to school, different things like that. And I had the confidence that I could make it on my own. I already knew that I had to have a a time, a date when I would just cut off what I'm doing as, as the main, uh, as, as priority and focus in on my children. I I always, I mean, I'm teaching them the whole time, but like really they're the priority to set them up in a way. And so I put that at the ninth grade. I knew that before I got out of my twenties, that by the time I, first child reached the ninth grade that I was going to purchase them a home. So I don't, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew I was going to do it. And so when that time hit, I spoke with my sisters, they bought into the dream as well. We started our own real estate company and then we purchased a home that needed total renovation. And she had complete, my daughter that was 14 at the time had complete control over what she wanted to do with the house, the colors, the tile, the, all aspects of that, that literally was all her. I didn't expect her to build it, but she didn't, needed to know how to read blueprints, go to the permit office, to each step, give her a little bit. I know she wasn't going to perfect it, but start that process. And that's what we, we were able to do. I'm like I'm screaming, screaming inside right now. <laughs> I'm like screaming. This is what I'm I have a program that's designed and designed for exactly what you have put into practice as a parent. So I thank you. I am so excited. And especially when people see us together, this is what it means to have a dream and a vision, you guys, because you guys know that I've started the I've authored the real estate one uh, real estate 100 book two years ago in 2015. When did you start your project, by the way? You started in. April of 2016. I released this book April 2015. <laughs> when you told me about that, I was like, wow, this, you know, that's another, that's, that's the piece that's necessary. We need that aspect. I said, what if, right? But it, it's not, and I give, I give credit where credit is due. People know this about me that that gift that was planted in me, that vision, as wild as it seemed, as crazy as it seemed, I ran with it and I've gone with it. And to see that here you are as a living manifestation saying I'm a parent, that I'm going to apply this and bring my child to see every step of what it takes to build the real estate infrastructure, the dream and being part of that. How, how does, how has that translated for her in terms of self-esteem in, in terms of dream building, in terms of possibility what what has the experience been for her now for her um when i asked her about this too i asked her later on i knew in the beginning that the first stages uh can be kind of boring at first when you go to the permit office <laughs> and you pay for your permit and you've uh you passed all of uh the inspections then 
that part is fun. You get your initial permit card, but then you have to actually. I, now you know I'm a documentary filmmaker, so the documentary is gonna come out. But she, I saw another yeah. side of her when we were uh, demoing. She, okay. Just, she, my daughter is like she's African American, but she's really like a, a rocker. She has her own kind of creative flow. So she she likes like you know punk rock kind of like theme. Yeah. She has her own <laughs> style, that kind of stuff. So when she saw the house and I'm like, okay, we are demoing all of this stuff. Her and uh, my son, who's a year and a half under her, um, she's the one, not him, that's like, well, can we bust the walls out? And I said, yeah, we're busting the walls. She said, no, but I want to do it. And I said, okay. So she took bottles. She just started breaking everything up. Like she just, that, that, that part of it, she really, really enjoyed. She didn't demo the whole house, but right. the days when she, she did come and was able to do that, and to see what is actually behind the wall once you right. take it out. Then she started asking questions, you know, and it's right. like, what is this? What is that? And so yes. when she saw that part, when it's all demoed out, and now this is where we're starting, and this is how it's going to look later. Because the very first thing when she came in that house, the very first day when me and my sisters were there and told her that it's her house, she the first thing she did when she walked in was she said, why does it smell like somebody died in here? Like she scared mm. of the house. So then by the time we start building it and she started seeing the different stages and I'm teaching her how to read blueprints. So she knew how it was going to look, but when it manifested, it was like, wow. And so when, once we put the sheetrock up, then she just took off. When I say like she surprised me and what, what happened with her as far as my daughter is a sweetheart, but I got to see her how she would be as a manager, as a boss, because I allowed her to boss me. So she would say, like, Daddy, I don't want it like that. I want it like this. And she knew she had creative control, and I wasn't going to take that away from her. So it would be, I would suggest things, and I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, well, you still have to stay in this budget. But she's like, no, we went in, went in the stores, and she's like, no, I'm suggesting this. And she would look at me with this face. Like, no, I don't want that. I want this. Like, okay, all right. It's in the budget. This is what it's going to be. I don't particularly, you know, in certain aspects, I'm like, ah, this could have been done a little bit, but it's her show. And so right. I got to see her even make things, do things where she said uh, afterwards, oh, I could have did that a little bit different. But, you know, so she went through that. She went through all that. So she has her own confidence in in renovating a house how it, she wants it to look and she also uh has it, it's to see your own style come to fruition yeah uh, just seeing her face when when she comes up and 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 saw all the different changes uh, it's just an amazing thing to be a parent and to be able to actually see that Absolutely. I was going to say daddy of the year, family of the year, all of all of that. That is such a just a life changing experience for her uh, to even be a part of what we see. Now, it's so funny because when my partner and I are out in the field and we're looking at properties, we did a video about this and we shared that the ugliest home are actually the most desirable. <laughs> yes, because. They are actually the most desirable because we know they're a gut job. We know you can get it for a great price. 
and you get to put your own taste and you get there's that thing we called sweat equity in real estate. There's more equity to be achieved and gained when you're putting in the work. Now, post rehab, you can pay premium, whoever yeah. that is. <laughs> yeah. It will be premium. Oh, my gosh. So thank you for sharing that perspective. I'm so excited that she was able to see that and be a part of that. I really like that you actually had her go down to deal with permits, uh, because most people don't realize that when you're involved in rehab, um, that's a very integral part of it. So did you guys have any hiccups in terms of things passing or any snags that maybe she would have felt overwhelmed in terms of keeping her up to date to the progress of the rehab and what's next? Oh, yes. We, we got held up um, pretty. So the county that we're in now, okay. I don't have any issues with it. But if you ask okay. around the Atlanta area, and you know the city <laughs> that we're in, East Point, all okay. of the contractors around, you can ask any subcontractor, lenders around, they will all say that in East Point, they have the toughest inspectors. And okay. so wow. I let them know exactly what I was doing when okay. I actually live in East Point as well. So okay. um, I let them know what this whole project was about. And so they knew what we were doing. And I told them that I was not going to go against anything. I let them know from jump that I was not going to go against anything that they asked me to do. I wasn't going to argue, go back and forth with them. I would rather them let me know exactly what's the, if I miss something now on how the, the book says to do it, I was going to do it that way. And so uh, when they saw her come up to uh, the office, they were more than willing to help. They bought into the concept. They were just like, you still have to stick with the rules, but right. We, right. We, 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 they may do it. I don't, I don't think they go over and beyond like trying to help me out, but it's a little bit of leeway that's there and understanding that I may be doing these things in a way that may not even be, you know, how most, how you would see flippers do it. Right. So, um, Look out for me in that kind of way. Let me know if I'm if I'm doing something that's off. And so in the beginning, we literally we had to take out the center. We were going up, took off the roof and going up another level. And so when we did that, the lead inspector made us basically take out the, the whole low bearing center wall. And we did not plan on this and dig up the, the concrete in the center of the floor. And instead of it being even though it was six inches thick, he wanted it eight inches thick. So mm -hmm. that one was, it, that was, that was tough. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, that one yeah. was, a, it was a tough pill to swallow from jump to do that. And that took a while for us to maneuver how we were going to do that. Cause it slowed down um, framing and a lot of other things. So she got right. to see how a project can be slowed down by paperwork inspections. Right. But in the long run, like now that the house is up, there is no fear of the house falling. It's probably like nine inches thick now just right. to make sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's, you know, they do. They have a job. And so you have to um, they have the upper hand. So you have right. to listen and and know, you know, how to how to maneuver. But uh, it's better to just just go ahead and, and do it the right way the first time. Because uh, they they are known for if if you don't uh, you, you're going to be hurting in the end. 
Right, right. I want to reiterate that, that, that the fact that it worked is because there was no cutting corners and you were very upfront. I think the issue comes when people pretend or want to act like they know what they're doing. And that's not going to sit well with inspectors. <laughs> you should be befriending your inspector and saying, hey, exactly what you did. So I commend you to build that rapport and create that relationship up front so that you have an open dialogue with the snags that do come along and say, hey, I didn't know, but how do we fix it? Very important because when you walk in these projects and feel like you know what you're doing, oh, it's going to be expensive. And it's going to bite you in the end or during the process. And it's just it's just going to get wild. So I'm so happy that you share that perspective and let us know how we can support what you have coming next. Amir. we're going to get ready to wrap up. But I, I just so thank you. I loved it. We're going to continue to work together because of your background and the work that you do. And I love and I just want to thank Brother Dean for this. Dean, actually, we connected when I came out to Philadelphia and he gave me the tour of Philly. And it was very nostalgic when I went there. And I love him and I appreciate him. And he was the one that said, you need to check out our brother Amir of what he's doing. And I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, Dean is my brother. Uh Brother from another up there in Philly. And so, yeah. yeah, when he told me about you, I was, I, I just told him immediately, yes, make the connection. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So we do thank you, Amir and uh, uh, Amir and Brother Dean for, for definitely building and supporting. So share with us what's, what's next. What's um, any upcoming projects? You said now, I actually didn't know this. You said the documentaries coming out of this that you actually have been following her work and her project throughout. So I really love and excited about that. How do, is there a timeline? How do we learn more? How do we stay connected and follow your story? Okay. So once the house actually sells or um, once it's actually complete, where it's come to full fruition, whether it's keep it or sell it right now, we're, we're actively um, trying to sell it. And so, okay. Um, you can go to 2505stoneroad.com, um, and that's how you can find updated information about the project. Okay. Uh, as well, depending on what we do, what how this one ends, that's going to determine whether she keeps it, is hurt. So there's a whole program with this. So what she has to do is once this house is sold or kept, the money that's made from that, that is my portion of it. For me, that's going to her. And so then she would, so if she keeps it, she already has the house. But if she, if she doesn't, that money, she has to purchase one that is going to, so, you know, you sell the first one and then you buy two more and the next one you keep. And the other one, you do the same thing again. So it's that kind, that's the model that we're, we're going with. But she also right. has to, cause now my son is in the ninth grade. So now I have to get him one before. The ninth grade ends. That's the promise, right? So, uh, right. of course, that's where I'm like, oh, my, you know, why did I make that promise, right? So, but she actually has to put in on that. She has to put a percentage of her money towards that. So, what I'm teaching is, you know how you have a, a lot of siblings and then one of them yeah. is just out there? <laughs> but but when you, when you know that you're dependent on your sibling for something yeah. like that, there you, you build that that really core family values of you know 
that we are connected to one another. So I want to see the best for you just like you want to see the best for me. So is that that's the the theme that's going on. So now and then she knows she's a part of what her brother is doing and then so on and so forth with other siblings. There it is. I I loved that you have been a model. I appreciate that you were able to be on our show today. And this is what Ready, Set, Real Estate is about, again, to share what's happening. And I I am so excited about this platform and being able to connect with you because you're out in Atlanta doing this. And it just sets a trajectory. This is going to be a beautiful domino effect, I think, in terms of what it looks like for the next person to say, well, here's a model. This is what he's been working on, and he's putting into practice an application. So, yes, I am happy to gift a copy of the book. And we we um, got you out here. here. (laughs) So I keep hearing that, and I'm actually working on it. So uh, I haven't solidified it, but I'm actually planning to be out there by the end of this year because I have been working on collaborations and projects and associations. I keep doing work with people in ATL who have been very receptive to uh, the program that I've designed and we've we've done it in webinar form and I definitely am excited to come do it in live workshop form and just to continue to be hands-on and build. So, you know, it gives me, and it gives me a reason to travel the world. <laughs> so thank you again. I want to plug your website. Was it 2505stoneroad.com? Stone Great. I'm going to do do it here, you guys. You heard it. Uh, to follow and learn more of what's happening with their project and support, I am so happy. And you guys, we're going to sign off. That is the end of today's show. Stay tuned for next week's guest. So excited to bring you more real estate, more real estate literacy, real estate empowerment, everything real estate on Ready, Set, Real Estate, you guys. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.